and welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Charlotte de Carpoisson. Today, Edmund Shing, Global Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, unveils his investment strategy for February 2024. Hello, Edmund. Hello, Charlotte. Are the geopolitical risks currently underpriced in the markets? If we look at the oil price today, notably the Brent crude benchmark price, it's at around $77 a barrel. This to me does not suggest that there is a big risk premium priced into oil today. And given all of the conflict in the Middle East and of course in the Red Sea, I would have expected bigger impact on the oil price than we see at the moment. So it seems, again, oil is plentiful, but clearly the risk premium being priced is fairly low. And that suggests that markets remain calm about the prospects of any escalation in the Middle East. Secondly, we should also remember in historical context that stock markets and bond markets typically do not react for long to even fairly major conflicts. So actually, they rebound very quickly. And this has been the lesson of history. So actually, in all, I'm not surprised to see a relatively muted reaction in stock and bond markets to the current issues in the Middle East in particular. Sir Edmund, can the Fed really cut rates six times this year? We think so, yes. To remind everyone, the Fed funds rate, the benchmark interest rate in the US is at 5.5% at the moment after a very sharp set of rate hikes in 2022 and 2023. At 5.5%, we have the highest Fed funds rate in 16 years. The long-term average Fed funds rate is only 4.2%. So our expectation that the Fed cuts rates from 5.5 today, starting in May, ending this year at 4%, would only take the Fed funds rate down to around the long-term average. Given that inflation has calmed down a lot, not only in the US but globally, and we think will continue to trend lower in the months ahead, we believe that the Fed has plenty of runway to cut rates indeed by six times from 5.5 to 4.4% by the end of this year. Is it too late to buy bonds? No. Investors still have good opportunities to capture relatively high yields in the sovereign and the corporate bond markets today. If we look, yes, in hindsight, the end of October last year was the best time to have bought bonds because prices were lowest and yields were highest. But even at the current yield levels that we see today, they are still relatively high versus the last 12 years since 2011. So in our view, investors still have a good opportunity to lock in relatively high yields compared to what we've seen in the last 12 years at the moment. And we would focus very much particularly on the investment grade corporate credit market and in particular in Europe. Edmund, should we still buy stocks at all time highs? Yes, there's no reason not to buy stocks, even though stock markets today, such as the S&P 500 in the US or the CAC 40 in France, are indeed today at or around all time highs. In fact, the S&P only recently made a new all time high and this is two years after the last one, which was set at the end of 2021. Now, when we look at previous instances uh, of such a large gap between all-time highs being set, typically 12 months after the latest all-time high, the stock market has actually gone up another 14% on average. So again, the fact that we're at an all-time high today doesn't mean anything. In fact, it's rather a positive signal because we should expect over the medium term further gains to be made by the stock market if we are to repeat what we've seen historically speaking. Would you tell us about this month's key focus, play the energy transition via smart grid infrastructure? 
This month, we're focusing very much on energy security and on the need to continue to invest in renewable energy-related infrastructure. And I stress very much infrastructure because this is an area that clearly had suffered with the rise in interest rates over the last year or so, but which to us represents a clear avenue for growth at relatively high investment yields. So we still think that investing, for instance, in smart grid infrastructure, as one example, because we are going to see growing demand for electricity as we move more and more towards electric vehicles, for instance, this remains a key focus for us and a key conviction. And so we very much want to continue to invest in smart grid infrastructure today. Thank you very much, Edmund Shing. And to our audience out there listening to this podcast, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel on any provider of your choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict and Spotify. See you soon.